0: Hey guys, welcome to Electronic Dance Money, your number one business resource for making money as electronic musicians and producers. what's up everyone we are back with a brand new episode of electronic dance money my guest today is alex wayman he is an artist also known as Loche. you do you wear a lot of hats in the industry i really like it so um not only are you a producer and an artist in electronic music but you do a and r for usc which i'm sure a lot of people that are on the other side of the world probably don't know about usc or maybe east coast people but i'm from the pacific northwest usc is based in pacific northwest specifically in seattle and they throw some of the fucking dopest shows in the entire year more i mean they're known for throwing parody so which is hands down the best festival in the pacific northwest the venue is the gorge which is just fucking gorgeous i've been there for three years and it is it is just so much fun. Um, you also do contract hire for other A&R events and then health and safety for some of these festivals. What's that like? What's it like doing A&R for USC? Because, I mean, you're working with these artists, these huge artists that you're booking. Um, tell me a little bit more about that because I don't know a t- I don't know too much about the A&R world.
1: Yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, so I do artist relations, which is basically... I work with artists and their management teams when they come in for our events and I sort of work with them on all of their logistics. So I figure out, you know, what they need for their performances. I figure out, you know, their um, like hotel accommodations, their travel accommodations, their, you know, green rooms, the whole green m M&M thing. Like that's pretty much what I oversee. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun, man. I mean, so like, you know, we had Paradiso just uh, about a month ago, month and a half ago. Um, and I got to work with like Skrillex, Alice in Wonderland. I mean, any, any of those artists are who I'm working with. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's definitely a lot of fun. Um, you you know, it is kind of a contract gig. So there's also other opportunities with other festivals that come up throughout the year. And then, like you mentioned, I do some health and safety stuff. Um, I was at EDC this year, helping them. Um, I'm also going to be at Hard
0: Summer in a couple of weeks here. Hard Summer's dope. I've never been there, but I mean, the... the lineups are always insane at, at for hard summer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've never been there either. It's going to be my first year.
0: That's badass, dude. What's So <laughs> you have to, you reach out to the artist managers and say, what do they want in their green room? What is the craziest fucking thing that you, that you has been requested you don't have to say an artist's name but what's I mean what's the craziest thing that you've had to do for an artist
1: um well uh, I mean it's whatever is in their rider right so like in the time that they get um, you know their contract is written they send over a writer which is basically saying hey you know you agree to provide all of these things um, I mean craziest thing I, I've had everything from people requesting ponies like actual like living horses in their room to you know some will have like oh you know go find like five attractive women out of the crowd and bring them to the green room that's like a requirement like of something we need. like it's it's pretty crazy man like i mean some of the stuff makes sense like if you have like you know some artists are on tour the entire year so naturally they're going to want to have some you know some decent food they're going to want to have something that is actually accommodating like i had an artist at freak night last year um i just i won't say who but You know, they flew all the way from Croatia straight to Seattle, which is like a 14 hour flight. And with that jet lag, they came straight to the venue, exhausted, tired, and I could totally get why they need all this stuff. Uh, And it's actually funny. Sometimes like the smaller artists are the ones that, you know, request the most outlandish stuff, maybe because they're just like trying to be funny or like to, you know, test how much they can get, whatever. Um, they're the ones usually that have the kind of crazier requests, like the pony in the room, or you know, getting the girls from the crowd, stuff like that.
0: Right. I'm sure it's a bit of it, like an ego stroke too, and they go, "Oh, I can get anything." Yeah. <laughs> they I, go, th- I think every. Say. Yeah,
1: I think they go through that phase, you know, like every artist does when they start.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would. And to say you wouldn't, it's a lot of. A lot of people are getting into producing and being a full time DJ or touring artist like you get in it for these specific reasons. And a lot of it is an ego stroke. Um, And that I mean, that's that's most look at the rock stars in the past, dude. I mean, they were in it for the game to get chicks, make money and do drugs like that's what they wanted to fucking do. And when you get to that point, I mean, you can get whatever the fuck you want. If, once you hit a certain level and especially when you're up and coming and like, you know when your career is made. Like if you're young and all of a sudden you get picked up by a big artist and you start doing these touring gigs, it's like, oh, this is pretty much set in stone as long as I don't fuck it up entirely. And so they like to push the limits there. And I mean, it's I mean, that's like you said, I think every artist does go through that phase and they kind of figure out who they are as an artist and what they want to do. And after a few years, they probably tone it down a bit. And it turns into just that's their life. Yeah,
1: I, mean, I mean, it depends, too, also, because like younger artists generally are going to be more extreme. I'd say like younger, heavier music artists are going to be the yeah. more wild ones. I mean, you know, rhythm community, bass community, they go hard versus like yeah. if you get like a trance guy who's like from Belgium and got picked up by like Paul Oakenfold or something like you know he's going to be a little bit more low key typically
0: yeah yeah and they they're well the cultures just different you know and you get that with every single genre cultures are very different i feel like with a lot of the more melodic genres there's more of a um there's that ego isn't really there like they those people are really in it to just try to make people super happy with their music um and with with bass artists I feel like they're just trying to get people to throw the fuck down and go hard and that's what the I mean that's what the genre is about that's why people love it because it's just go fucking hard um it's fun it's fun it is, if you dude the bass stage the wreckage stage at Paradiso is fucking every year too there's more and more people at that stage and it gets crazy yeah we had
1: had to actually move the stage because we used to do it kind of in the middle of the festival which is where the smaller stage goes but it got so crowded that we had had to like replace it with the house stage we swapped them a couple years back because i don't know if you remember like you kind of go down into this little pit which is where the base stage used to be now that's the house stage and the base stage is up on the big flat hill
0: okay gotcha yeah that would probably make a little bit more sense i remember i saw nightmare do back do a back-to-back set i think it was 25 Fifteen, maybe 2016, he did a back-to-back set with someone, I can't remember, but it was at like 10 p.m., 11 p.m., when it was nighttime, the fucking crowd was insane, I remember going to the middle, I also saw Snails for my first time in 2015 at the Wreckage stage, and that was, dude, that that shit changed my life. That was one of the best sets I ever saw. Anyway, so let's get into why you're here. You also, in addition to doing A&R, being an artist and do some doing some of this contract hire work for some of these festivals, you run your own record label called Storytime. Um, the official name is Storytime Entertainment, which we'll kind of get more into why that's the name in a little bit. But um, how long have you been running the record label for? What what made you want to start your own record label? And I looked it I looked it up. There's some pretty banging releases on it. But yeah, let's kind of get into the history of your record label.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Storytime Entertainment we um sort of started around 2012 um 2012-13 i think i was i was a freshman in college back then and it really kind of started out as just sort of a group of friends trying to have a good time with music so you know we were all artists at the time or trying to be artists and we wanted to you know throw dope parties we wanted to help artists release their music we wanted to basically do that whole music industry thing we were pretty young at that time and we were inspired and you know, we started first by just throwing parties. We used to throw like these super underground, super like, um, I don't want to say illegal, but like, you know, we didn't check with people before we did it. And they were pretty small, but, you know, they got shut down by the cops, by the neighbors, stuff like that. You know, that's that's how we started it. And then after I went to uh, university, the University of Washington here, I got my audio certification, started doing mixing mastering work. That's when we really started to like... Um, You know, put that into the labels like vision vision, like helping artists create their music and market it and stuff. And we started doing mixing and mastering services for local artists, then we started doing promotional work. So we used, you know, we, we did like all the social media campaigns, we did like a YouTube channel fast forward to today. We're still uh, you know, onboarding new artists all the time. To me, it's really more than a record label though, and I'm sure that that's what everybody, everybody says about their record label, their collective. But the main vision behind Storytime really is just to help artists share their unique stories. Um, because what we found is that there's so many artists in the industry that are making good music. I mean, there's just so much good music out there. You click on a random SoundCloud link and chances are it's gonna be a good production. It's gonna be original. At the end of the day, what really differentiates artists is their, you know, unique story that, that's behind them, you know, how they got to where they're at. And our goal really is to focus on that and help artists kind of refine that and hone in on that so that they can make their own lane, so to speak, in the industry. And then also it kind of gives us the ability to share that, you know, uniqueness to other people, to to, to our, you know, fans and followers. So we're kind of a marketing company in that sense. You know, we help artists market their music. but At the end of the day, that's what all record labels should be, right? They should all be kind of partnering with the artists. You know, I think once a record label reaches a certain point, they kind of see this this opportunity to just let people pay to release music through them, uh, regardless of like if it fits their brand or whatever. And I, I don't really believe in that. I believe in like a full partnership with the artists, which is why, like in our contracts, we don't. We don't have any kind of like non-competes. We even say like, you know, we're going to sign just this one song. But if you ever want to just not have it released through Storytime, you are completely able to just tell us and we'll just remove it. That's awesome. Yeah. And likewise for us
0: too. Yeah. I think that is fucking great because there are times I've done it. I've released on, I've released as an artist and I'm sure the record label I released through would be okay if I was like, Hey, can we remove this? I think a lot of more record labels should be able to do that because artists change. You you're always changing. Every couple of years you're changing as a person. Let alone as an artist. I mean, I've gone through so many changes over 2, 3 year time periods where I go. Oh, you know what I want to change? This about my artist, it's super important for an artist to own their music and be like, you know, I don't want this up here anymore, or I do want to take this track to a different record label. With the bigger labels, you just, I mean, you don't see it. It's it's really, it's almost like they're in competition with their own artist, which can be an issue. And I think the other issue, too, is the fact that a lot of these record labels are artist owned. I've talked to my buddy about this and he is the one that actually brought it to my attention. I think the issue with a lot of those record labels where they're artist owned is if you release on that record label, you will never be as big as that artist because that artist will ultimately see you as competition. And so they won't want you to break bigger than them on their own record label. So I think a lot of the times you will see, you know, these record labels that are artists own. The artists are releasing their own music on there, but they put 100% of their time and energy into their release, but then won't show that same effort into yours.
1: I think that's that that could certainly happen. I mean, I think that's definitely a possibility, but I think to the point of like the flexibility that's kind of more common nowadays, like at least with our label and maybe with some other labels. Uh, I mean, most most record labels, I think nowadays are only going to sign individual tracks. Like they won't sign the entire artists, um, which means that, you know, you can release one song and then sure, maybe they don't promote it the same way the owner promotes his own music, but at least you're now, you know, kind of exposed to that community. You can then do a release on a different label. You know, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to release with someone else. And by doing so, you know, you'll have your music in multiple places, which means just more opportunity to get found. I mean, sure, maybe like they won't promote it as much, but at least you're on there. And I think that for artists who are up and coming, the more of that you can do, the better. There's no, I don't think there's any negative value to it. I mean, I I think the more you're out there in general, the more opportunity you're going to have of being found by the right person or the right people, you know?
0: Right, yeah. And being associated with a record label that has that is owned by a bigger artist, that is a good accolade to have. You can put that on your artist profile. And I'm sure you know, this as someone who does A&R for festivals, I'm sure you look for that kind of thing like it. And that's how you can kind of tell, is this person going to sell tickets? Like, ultimately, if we put them on the lineup, are people going to go, oh, shit, I really like that artist. I'm going to go to this festival because all five of these artists that I really love are on there. So I, I think that is important, especially to get that kind of exposure, because you never know, like, I'm sure you could probably tell me more about this with record labels do you is it is it similar to artists where you'll get people who follow you in a specific region cuz i know i know with artists that's kind of you can look at some of your analytics of people who either like your page or go to your website and say oh shit there's a thousand people in this state, let's say in Washington, that all follow me. That means I could probably book a show there. I can show that to a promoter or something, say, Hey, I've got following here. I think I can sell tickets there. Is it the same with record labels where you'll, you'll find that more people are following you or purchasing your tracks or streaming your tracks in a specific region that are from the record label? Um, not necessarily.
1: I mean, we have listeners all around the world. We, we engage like digital marketing pretty heavily. So we're kind of all over the internet. By doing that, people are listening all over the world. I do think being that we're in Seattle, naturally, a lot of our like my personal connections are here. And so there's definitely going to be more more engagement out of people here in the city, because that's where right. we're from. Um, I think that's how it would be with anybody because at the end of the day, the record label owner is going to be just a person who has a network. And if you're in L.A. and your labels there, then you're going to be networking with the people that the owner knows in L.A. versus like here in Seattle. I I can take a look at our analytics um, to see where everyone's coming from. But I mean, we have listeners from all over the world. I mean, we have comments on our SoundCloud from people in other countries and stuff like that. I don't don't think there's any like for sure answer to that. But in general, Mm -hmm. yeah, there is probably something there
0: i know with a lot of record labels they kind of specify or you could say they niche down to a specific genre which i think is important as a record label because you kind of you can't really release everything because then you're releasing nothing you know you're not you're not trying to dominate a specific genre where you're just releasing these fire artists and new artists that are just making great music from this specific genre I'm sure you guys are uh, genre specific. What is that?
1: Yeah, so we look for electronic artists primarily. Um, We look for anything that is pop electronic or some sort of future bass or like a modern house. I'd say the only electronic we don't really do is the heavier stuff. So we don't really do like dubstep. We'll do like some drum and bass every once in a while, but nothing super heavy. We always look for something a little more melodic. Really, it just comes from personal taste, but then also just, you know, I think that there's more opportunity to brand an artist because again we partner with artists we always look for the opportunity to work with an artist to help promote them and I think with like other genres like melodic genres there's just more artistic personality that we can work with and it's not true for everybody of course but generally there's just more not creativity but more like uh, uniqueness to it that we can we can touch on
0: let's get into that side of things that you were just touching on as far as like promotion goes so when when an artist comes to you and they sign a contract with you what's that process like in with with Storytime specifically not necessarily record labels in general but with Storytime what are you offering to your artists that's going to differentiate them releasing on a different label that's the same size as you guys cuz i think this is very important that artists should look for when they're signing a record label and it, they should they should be openly engaging with whoever is signing artists and they should be asking, well, I know I'm going to be signing to this record label and you guys are going to be putting it all over here, but what else? I mean, cuz artists should be, you know, getting a good fair trade out of it. They shouldn't just sign a track it gets released and they get one Facebook post and that's it. There should obviously be more involved in that. So what does Storytime do for their artists when they sign them?
1: Yeah, totally. Um well, so for the first thing, I mean like I mentioned before, we do the, uh, you know, the ability and the flexibility for them to leave if they ever wanted to. So that, you know, naturally a lot of artists are apprehensive to like signing a contract. That's one thing we, we touch on for sure is that if they want to ever, you know, leave, they certainly can. We also reserve the right as a label to, you know, not want to represent them. And really the, the motive behind that is that every artist we work with is a relationship. So, you know, we talk with artists, we become their friends. We don't, just kind of like cold shoulder them be like, Hey, here's a piece of paper, sign it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then kind of forget about them. Right. So we definitely kind of embrace this relationship. Um, because again, we're trying to share their story, you know, we're trying to like figure out who they are and what they do. And there's no way to do that without getting to know them. So mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot more of a personal t- like connection with our label. Um, and I think It could also be that since we're a little smaller still, you know, maybe all record labels start off like that. You know, we definitely have that freedom to, to leave the contract if they want to, which, which is great in terms of marketing. We, uh, I mean, obviously we do engage like all the social media stuff. We do all that. I'm an artist myself. So, you know, like the direction of where we take a marketing campaign always varies. Like we can do anything that is on brand with the artist that we can think of. Like we, we had a release a couple a couple weeks ago where we um, created like QR code like flyers for the single release.
0: and we went around Seattle and just slapped them around the city that's fucking awesome. Holy shit, dude, that is such a genius idea, yeah, thanks.
1: yeah. I think it's a great way to, you know, share the music with the city. It was a dJ uh, who like kind of produces club music and naturally we want to get it in front of people. So we just slapped it around the city and it's like, Hey, scan the code to, you know, download the song or to go to the, to the Spotify page. And that's a great way to market, you know, but we only did it for that person because like it just made the most sense because they really wanted to kind of connect with the community more like locally. So that worked for them. There was another artist, um, that we worked with recently. Uh, and we basically have a newsletter of like DJs like in the city. And so we sent out their music to the newsletter and all these DJs are now playing the song in the club because again, mm. they wanted it to be.
0: So that's basically a promo list. So, and, and that's kind of, that's also why I wanted to ask, do you guys have a promo list that you send out for every single artist? Is it kind of specific artists that you like? Well, I think these one these ones that are a part of our promo list will want this release, So we'll send it to them. Promo lists are very important, especially if you have, a big enough network and you have bigger DJs who are touring or playing bigger festivals. And basically these artists, these smaller artists who are signing tracks get that opportunity to have their track played out to a big crowd.
1: Yeah, we do. We do definitely have a promo list and it, we send all the tracks to everybody. So the okay. reason for that is that because if anybody's signed up on the promo list, they already know what to expect from our label and they already understand like the, what the brand is. So they already know that we can send them anything that's kind of in our, in our wheelhouse. So yeah, to answer that question, it's anybody that we release for sure. But then personally too, I mean, and here's the benefit of working with a label like Storytime, where, you know, like kind of involved with it or if an artist is involved with it, you know, I also have personal connections and like, as an artist, I have my own newsletter. So like sometimes I'll promote one of the releases through my own newsletter and through that just generate more traffic if I feel like it's on brand with my, with my own music. So there's, a lot of potential there like i said we we really try to be creative in how we do marketing because you know innovation is so important you know in this industry yep. like because you can't just expect to post the link on on facebook and to get you know listeners followers like right now we're doing um, there's an artist out of italy named Menar that we're working with uh, he's like an up and coming I think he's had one release on Confession, uh, the Confession oh. label. But like he's up and coming, and we basically are putting together like a little interview with him because he's from a part of the world where not a lot of people like know much about in terms of this industry. Yeah. So like he's, you know, we're making a little video for him that promotes his recent release that's not even on our label. We're just kind of promoting him as an artist. Yeah, I think that 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 is super valuable to artists just to have that ability yeah. to get creative with their with their marketing.
0: Yeah. And have that connection and kind of build that network too. You know, the artist might not be releasing on your label, but you found someone who's really unique. They've got a great sound. They have a lot of potential and you can bring value to people here in the U S and Seattle who might not know a lot about where he's from and how he's managed to get to where he at he is and get to where he's going to be. I mean, being innovative. Yeah. 100% that is so important in the fact that you the QR code thing, I just, I can't get over that. That is so genius. I never would have thought to do that. And to to hear that there are record labels that are coming up with these unique promo ideas, it's awesome. Because I've never heard of someone doing that. I think that's almost like, that. that's the modern day producer from 2001 who printed out 300 CDs and they went around just throwing them everywhere. That's the modern version of that. They fucking printed out a QR code said who this artist is, this track, you can download it, and they fucking slap it around town, that's genius. And those are gonna stay there too, that's the thing is it's not just just a Facebook post that's gonna be gone in two weeks or a week. That paper on that coffee shop board or whether it's on like a pole or something, that shit's gonna be there for at least probably a month until people start ripping them down, writing on them or covering them up. If you like innovation, here's another thing that we're doing that we're
1: working on. So this is in the works, this is kind of like private but I'll share it with you and uh, maybe it'll get get some other artists interested. Um, We're we're working with an AR company now, augmented reality company, and they are designing a way for um, using like image mapping to basically, if you have a sticker of an artist, like their logo or something, when you look at it with your camera, it creates a a virtual pop-up on the screen with whatever you want. So it can be like tickets to their next show. Or it can be their social media, or it can be like a video recorded message like, hey, I'm so-and-so, I'm glad you found my sticker, like follow me on Instagram or
0: whatever. Whoa, that is fucking incredible. That's crazy. That's how you, okay, that is so, oh my God, branding for that is incredible. Yeah, so we're going to have that
1: hopefully in the next like two to three months.
0: So keep an eye out for that. Dude, that is fucking crazy because... I mean, the way an artist can connect with their fans or to get new fans is such a unique way. I mean, that is wow. That is dude. Hats off to you because that's fucking incredible. This is what I'm talking about is you, you're you 100% right. You need to be innovative and to become that innovative. I mean, you're, you guys are coming up with awesome ideas and connecting with the right people. I, this is obviously going to be a very successful label just from hearing this because I don't know any other record labels that are doing this. There, a lot of them are in the old school way of like 10 years ago of keep doing the same thing over and over again. And, and you know, you shouldn't reinvent the wheel, but you should be able to come up with new ideas for, I mean, marketing is always changing. Uh, These social media sites, algorithms are always changing. These social media sites aren't always going to be here. Um, and so it is important to come up with these new ideas and creative ways to promote artists and get their name out there, get their story out there and get their releases out there. And this is a lot, you know, this is why I have this podcast because when I was a producer, I, I ignored all the marketing stuff. I ignored the artist development. I ignored the branding. I, I didn't, I I thought to myself, That'll come like I'll I'll handle that eventually in the future. I just need to work on creating good music. And yes, that is true. You need to work on creating good music. But I thought that was everything. So I was always in the studio. And I just thought, you know, if I just have a really good release, I'll send it to a record label and they'll want to sign it. Well, that's not entirely true, because if you don't already have somewhat of branding set up for yourself these record labels won't sign the track because they're not. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Even for me, I was going to, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but. No, you're good. You're good. I do feel that's important to talk about. I mean, for us too, you know, like what we look for in artists, I mean, end of the day, like I said, we're, we're partnering with artists to promote their music and like help everybody, you know, become successful in their careers. Um, you know, we look for artists who are actually putting in effort to, you know, advance their careers because. One thing I found was there's a lot of artists, um, you know, smaller artists who maybe, you know, maybe they'll say they're all about this, but then like the next day you won't hear from them or like you won't hear from them for a year and they don't produce any more music. We look for artists that are like doing whatever they can to make their careers work. And they're putting in the work. They're putting in the work. Yeah, because we want to partner with people that are going to continue putting in the work because that's going to help us out. It's going to help you out. You know, we don't want to promote somebody who, isn't really invested in their careers because that kind of looks poorly on us, I think.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. And this is, you know, this is why I have this podcast now because I'm talking to myself four years ago when I ignored all that stuff. And I, I'm sure I had some releases that were fairly good that if I had the artist development and branding set up, if I sent to a relatively successful label, they would be interested. They might, maybe they wouldn't sign the track, but they would still be interested in you know in my previous episodes talk about how to brand yourself as a producer and create content. And this is why we're talking today because I think a lot of artists don't understand how record labels run, what they look for, and what you need to do as an artist to get your track signed. And I think a large majority of it is getting this putting in this work of figuring out your branding because you have to be marketable as an artist. A record label has to see you and be like, okay, they already have all these things set up. We don't have to put in all this work for artist development. That's going to cost us a lot of money with someone who might not actually be invested full time in this. So if you can show that you do have that time invested, I am somewhat brandable. I have a good logo that's catchy. I have a catchy name, all these different things. I'm posting on social media and I'm starting to gather a following. Record labels see that and they go, this is fucking easy. We we know exactly what we need to do to market this person. And usually when you get to that point, when you have a lot of that branding in place, the music music usually follows. They have good production. Maybe they need a better, maybe they need a mixing engineer to mix it down a little bit better. Or they have a great mix down, but not a great master. And a lot of record labels can deal with that thing you know they usually have people to go to for that but if your song structure is there your production is there you have good branding I mean they eat that shit up they want that kind of artist because they see that as someone oh is this a breakout artist because if we can make a breakout artist that that notoriety comes that follows the record label
1: yeah we do look for that I mean um, you know we also look for just kind of like the creative um, direction of the artist you know we look for people that are already kind of they kind of know what they want with their brand. They know they want to be like this techno producer and they, you know, they like this image or whatever the case may be. And sometimes we can find that without them having a lot of social media activity. Like for example, um, one of our recent releases, an artist named Lamorne, um, you know, he, the, so we released his first ever electronic song that he ever
0: produced. Oh, okay. And
1: at, at face value, that sounds like, well, why? Like, well, you know, he's like, who is he? And um, he's, after you know working with him, we found out that he is in like this this punk rock band that's been like touring the U.S. for a while, and now he's starting to like dive into this EDM world. So like I know for a fact that he's dedicated to music as a career, which kind of gives me that reassurance. But then also the song is just really good, and like if you listen to it, it's very unique. You can tell that he's pouring himself out through that track, you know, like in in a way that doesn't say I want this to sound like you know standard EDM I don't want this to sound like everything else I want this to sound the way that I like and Mm -hmm. that's also what we look for and you know we've definitely gone through and seen a lot of different artist types so we're kind of like familiar with how to identify that um but that also is a great way like, like you said to get those breakout artists where if you can like agree with who they are and you can see who they're trying to be you can use that you can kind of hone in on it refine it and then kind of sell that to the marketplace.
0: I think a great unique selling point that you guys have, well, and more specifically for you, is how how involved you are in the industry, because you're not just a record label owner. You're an artist, so you know the inner workings of what it's like to be an artist. You know how to promote, and you do A&R for these big festivals, so you know what these people, you know what promoters are looking for for shows, and you know some of these people. So I'm sure you can find an artist or when you do find an artist and they're relatively close to where you are, or if you have a connection that's close to where they are and you see something in them where, okay, this person's in it for the long game. They've got great branding. Um, they're very unique. They've got great music and you can tell they're all about it. You can go, we can sign this track and more. I can put you in connection with some of these promoters to get you shows, which is very important it's extremely important to start getting shows. And especially if you have, you know, if you can sell 20 or 30 tickets in one area, that's what promoters looking for. Um, so I think it's very unique to be in that there aren't record label owners in that position. They, a lot of them, some of them, I mean, a good majority of them are producers and they're looking for somewhere to release their own tracks, but they, they aren't really heavily involved in the scene. They aren't networking. They don't have the connections that you might have. So to be able to sign a, an artist and be like, we can do so much more than just release this track. And maybe you're not you don't promise that or you tell them that. But they're, I'm sure that's still always in the back of your mind where it's like we keep working with this artist. There's a lot of things we can do with them. Um, and get them in front of a lot of people. And that's, I mean, if you if you find that artist who's, like you're saying, you see something in them where you're like, this could potentially be a breakout artist, you've got everything lined up for them. I mean, you just have to make a few calls and I'm sure you can get them in somewhere um, to really get them lifted and bring them up to the next level. It's super important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for yeah, especially for up and coming artists. I mean, record labels, again, you know, the, the the people that run it are who you're really partnering with and their connections could lead to shows, you know, they could lead to collaborations with bigger artists, they could lead to other types of publicity. And that's really, you know, what Storytime is meant to be. It's meant to be a record label, but it's also sort of like a, like a marketing for artists hub, you know, because we do all this different type of marketing and, uh, you know, we do also sponsor events. So like we go in as investors on like uh, other events around the area. And through that, we have the ability to book artists, you know, so like, absolutely. I mean, if an artist is released through the label and we feel like they're a good fit for a show lineup, we can absolutely put them on. And that's just an opportunity that, you know, the artist may not have had before.
0: A lot of artists don't have that opportunity. And this is why you need to put in this kind of work with branding and all these things, because it's not just, you know, I think a lot of producers see branding or artist development as a way to yes it is a way to make yourself more unique. Um but I think a lot of them see it as oh this is just a way for me to get new fans. And that's it's true but it's not. It's it's not in the sense that they think. They think by branding themselves fans are going to or people are going to look at them and be like oh I really like this I'm going to become their fan. It's more investing the time and money into yourself so that these record labels do have that to work off of or an agency has something to work off of or a manager so that they can publicize you and make you more public to people. And then those eyes do, they kind of get drawn to that and that's how you will get fans. So they ignore it. They, they, and they, sometimes they think, Oh, if I just signed to the record label, they'll handle it or an agency. And sometimes they will in very rare cases. If that person is connected to the right person, you know, if, if they're a good friend of a huge artist Sure, they can get in connection with some of these people who can help them out. But for a majority, for 99 percent of artists, they're not anyone. No one's really listening to them. And so it's important to think about these things because if you set i mean, if you if you just set yourself up correctly, it's going to lead to so much so many more successes. I think producers don't realize that. They aren't really thinking a few years into the future. Like if I set up this branding now, what's it going to look like in 3 years or who could I connect with in 3 years? They're kind of thinking their short game. When am I going to get to play my next show? When's my next release? Um and and that that clouds their judgment and next thing you know, 2 years goes by and they haven't really gone anywhere because they haven't they haven't invested the time into developing their artist brand for the next three years, which is super important. And that's how you see a lot of these artists break out. Here's the thing is, you know, a lot of the times all of a sudden this, this fucking artist releases this big track on this big record label and they come out of nowhere. But that's what, that's what it seems like. It seems like they come out of nowhere. That's just because a majority of the people have never heard of them. What you don't see is the eight years that they've been branding themselves as an artist, building their following, making these connections, really of course releasing good music but there's so much more to that than just releasing good music there's there's so much more stuff in the background and they they understood that they understood that it takes time of investing all of these different things into creating this like artist profile this i mean it's their persona it's their second persona that's you're basically creating some someone out of nothing. Yeah, we look and- for
1: we look for that with artists. I mean, if an artist comes to us and already has like a persona in mind, they're like, "Hey, this is who I am. This is my theme or whatever." That we we appreciate that because that shows they've taken the time to think about it. Versus somebody who's like, "Hey, here's a track. Can you guys you guys want to release it?" And it's just a bass house There's- track. Their, their their profile is just DJ first name yeah it's there's nothing there's no substance there's no substance to it you can tell it's just like something that they put a little bit of effort into but they're not committed to whereas like yeah. this artist Lamorne I was talking about you know he came to us already with a vision for who he is as an artist you know he already had his originality it wasn't like he didn't come to us and ask hey what can you guys do with this do you see anything in this it was more like a hey, here I am. Here's what I do. Here's who I am. You know, you could like really feel him as an artist. Uh, I think more artists need to be conscious of that. But I also think there could be something said about not overthinking it. You know, if you spend too much time worrying about it, you're going to cloud it. You know, you have to just sort of allow it to be whatever feels natural to you. Um, You know, when I first started producing, I also went through that same issue like everyone else does, where I was super conscious of like, okay, do I want to sound like a bass artist? Do I want to sound like a house artist? Like, should I only make this kind of music and only release this genre of music? You know, I think the answer to that is really it's whatever you want. I mean, like if you look at these big artists like Diplo, you know, like he's produced a variety of different types of tracks, you know, he's never stuck to one genre. Yeah. And Skrillex too, like all the big guys, obviously, right. They've always just done their own thing. And that may be like kind of the long-term game it might take longer if you do that because of the fact that maybe you're you know creating this new style of music or this new niche that isn't already in the industry but it will you know over time as long as you stay true to yourself kind of work itself out to be better for you you know because if you release a song with the confession label or any kind of label that's like very you know particular to a certain sound that's good but then what may happen is that people are gonna expect only that sound from you, you yep. know? And if they don't find it, they may not be happy, which means that those people that came through that connection may not have been the most valuable to you as like an, as a fan. Whereas if you're yourself and you really get yourself out there, you know, you can make genuine connections, people can understand who you are. Those will, you know, I, I have some, some fans that have been following me since like 2008, when I first started wow. saying that I wanted to make music, like before I even like yeah. produced anything and like they did and they still do because they understood who I was back then and they could see like how I've you know changed throughout the times and they're still there grown, me. and that's exactly what we're trying to highlight with story time is the that story of the artist because that's how we find like those real genuine fans you know the people that will stick with the artist all the way through their careers
0: yeah, a perfect example of what you're talking about is Getter, his latest tour that just he fucking quit the first what three shows in, he fucking quit. Yeah. Because people were booing him and shit and it wasn't what they were expecting. And, you know, that's in it. He it's it's he was making hard trap dubstep music, and that's what he was known for. People loved it. And when he decided he wanted to do something else, his quote-unquote fans, were like, fuck you. This is not what I wanted. And that's, that comes with that genre, too. I, I, it comes with the culture. If you're going to make that genre, stay with that genre. Otherwise, because here's the thing is, those bass heads are only into bass music. And if you are a bass artist and you want to go into something like Progressive House the progressive house fans don't like you because you're a bass artist because progressive house people usually don't like bass music. So it's like, it's almost like when you, when you narrow yourself into this bass genre, you got to fucking stick there or, I mean, or just be known for like Diplo or Skrillex, be able to do all these multiple different genres and create your own. So it's, it it can be, it can be really tricky. I think that's super important not to overthink things because with the, Producers usually go one of two ways. They either don't do this branding at all or they overthink it and it just leads to procrastination and they don't get anything done in 5 or 10 years goes by and they're just they give up because they think that they aren't doing, you know, what they wanted to do. Um and it is important to be authentic and create things organically. Um you know, let things naturally come because and I know it's kind of kind of an oxymoron to be like well you need to create this branding and artist development but you got to let it come naturally so there's there's a bit of an oxymoron but you got to walk there's a fine line that you got to walk and if you walk it correctly it will come naturally and you will be able to create this branding for record labels Um, well
1: yeah it's just like being you know it is a brand but it's also like you know it's a brand that you honestly find that you believe in. You can have an interest in something and just like be so about it that you share it all the time, um, without going too overboard with it. You know, like there's, there's some artists I've seen that are like, um, i mean a good example i think is like um like happy hardcore artists or like anybody who's in like the heavy raver community they are ravers themselves and because of that that is their branding which happens to be their fan base also they're part of that community they they don't spend a whole lot of time you know overthinking that they just naturally are at shows where there's raves you know ravers at and like they'll have videos of that on their instagram and they'll like all their branding is cute raver shit. And that's like that's who they are you know that is their brand and i think that more artists need to really look into themselves and find out what is it that you truly like you know and it's, it's also a part of like growing up you know a lot of artists are younger nowadays and uh part of that growing up process is finding out who you are as a person what standards you have and what communities you find yourself a part of you know like i found myself part of the producer community because i was so interested in sound design and even to this day, you know, I'm still working with with these types of connections I have. And that's why I was able to go from like this heavier dubstep sound to my houseier sound now, because my fans have always been people that look to like the production side of music. You know, they've always been like interested in how music's created. And so they're like, oh, this is a really great dubstep track. And now they're like, oh, this is a really great house track. I like how you did this. I like how clear your highs are, stuff like that. You know, so it just really comes down to who you are as a person. I mean, you kind of over time naturally realize it for yourself. So there is that concept of like, you have to sometimes wait, you kind of have to let it mature. Yeah. I mean, and and then some, sometimes the whole like over branding thing can work like one time, you know, like if, like, like you were saying about getter, I mean, you know, he kind of hit that because he liked making that bass music early on. And that's why people, you know, heard him and found him but as he grew up too because if you remember him and his first releases were like when he was in his i think mid-teens like he was like 17 or 18. pretty diverse time for a young adult you know he he grew up a lot since then so like as he began to mature he started finding other genres of music he liked but because he was so pigeonholed in that it was difficult for him i don't personally think that this tour cancelling thing is going to set him back long term I mean, every artist goes through some sort of hater period. I mean, you know, and I actually appreciate the fact that he's willing to do that, willing to step away from that image of Getter and start doing his own thing. It's going to come with some backlash. I mean, that's just expected, unfortunately.
0: Skrillex was the most hated and most loved producer in 2011, 2012. And now I was part of that. I loved him and then I hated him. And now when I saw, honestly, what it was, I hadn't seen him live. And I saw him 2015 parody. So when he headlined and one of the best fucking shows I've ever seen, I think one of his CDJs went out too. Yeah, And he was still, holy shit, dude, that show was just... On one of the best ways to close parody so the two seeing Bass Nectar in 2016 I think it was I think yeah he headlined 2016 Bass Nectar and Skrillex the year before those were the two best fucking shows I ever saw at parody so they were just unreal well and like Skrillex has
1: like that metal project he does you know he's in a band yeah. and then when he came out with the Jack U stuff everyone was like wow this is so soft what the fuck like but Again, you could hear like for me being a fan of him is because he's a great producer, and so you yes. could hear that
0: he was still in the sound. You could still hear him, like even though it was a different genre. He knows how to write a song. He knows how to write a good song and a catchy one. That's right. what's important. If you can write a good song and a catchy one, you can usually work in these multiple genres because essentially every yeah. I struggled with this for for so many years. I would always think, oh well, you know, I want to make progressive house and trance stuff. And then I would go, fuck, I don't know how to make electro house. I wish I knew I really want to make electro. And it dawned on me within the past like year or two, especially when I started connecting with a buddy of mine who's a fairly big producer. He was telling me, he's like, dude, every genre is like written the same. It's it's If you know how to write song structure and you know how it goes with creating tension and release and creating these breaks, it's essentially all the same, just with different sounds. Some use more sounds than others. And if you can just figure out how to write a catchy song, write a catchy melody and understand understand song structure, you can pretty much genre hop all over. And if you're known for releasing multiple like multiple different genres, but you can hear your own unique sound in those different genres, it's easy to organically get a big following from multiple people who are in different genres and they can go, oh, you know, like Let's say a bass head is following someone. Well, Skrillex is a perfect example. You can hear him in these houseier tracks, these more softer tracks, and that's what's important is if you can hear the artist in that track, not necessarily like the specific genre, but can I hear Skrillex in this song? Because if I can, I'm happy. That's, that's what important. we look
1: for with our artists too. With Storytime, we we look for artists that have that sort of uniqueness too. Where, yep. you know, like with Lamorne, I heard his his like his band and then I heard his production and I could still hear that there was like a connection there. You know, I could make that connection. And I think that just is a sign of strong, um, you know, a personality in an artist. Yes. That's really what sets people aside, I think, uh, artists at least, um, you know, and, and can help them sort of really become successful in the industries when they're really
0: genuinely themselves and they know it. I agree 100 percent. So how should and let's say i mean i guess let's talk to the producers who might not have branding entirely set up they have the heart they've got a pretty good unique sound and you can hear that in their music how how should that artist approach you guys as a record label what would what's what's in the best interest of the artist to figure out how they should be. And, and maybe this isn't even just for story time. Maybe it's for record labels in general, because I think that's important to, you know, give give advice to producers that they can take to other record labels. So how should they go about that?
1: Well, I guess, I mean, at the end of the day, uh labels need artists just as much as artists need labels. You know, labels need to have content to put out. They need to be on the next big thing. They need to be able to continue pushing out content to their fans, to their followers. So there is sort of this this relationship that is 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 yearning, like it needs to be there. I mean, in terms of like what to send the label, obviously, you know, like a private SoundCloud link is always the best way just because, you know, the, the label knows that, you know, this is something they've made. It's something exclusive, typically something unreleased as well. With Storytime, we're kind of different because we do, you know, exclusive releases, which we definitely want to make sure you haven't released this previously. But then we also, since we do marketing support, people can approach us with songs that have been released on other labels, and okay. then be like, "Hey, can we get some marketing assistance on this? Can you guys help out?" We we do that too, so that is another kind of you know differentiator for what we do with our label. Um, but in general, it's just sort of uh, sending emails to these labels and being concise in 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 who you are and what you know you are presenting to them. So. You know, giving them your name, giving them the link to SoundCloud, giving them a link to some social media because they do want to see that. And the less work you have to make the label do, the better they'll be, they'll feel about it. Um, Also being polite, it's crazy how far that goes. I've had a lot of submissions where people just like send a track link. That's it. There's nothing else. (laughs) And I'm like, so do you want feedback on this? Do you want me to like, what do you want? Whereas if you say like, even just like thanking them for their consideration is a huge plus in my book. Even when I sometimes used to pitch songs to labels, I would always do that. And I found that more labels will will respond to you if you're just Mm -hmm. genuine and nice to them. Um, Because again, they are looking for music. They're looking for artists, but they over time they know how to like identify you know what is a good submission and what's not and to be a good submission you need to have that link you need to be polite and kind to to the people you need to include any kind of uh, reference material that tells them who you are so social media is great if you have an epk that's great if you have a website that's great include all that stuff Make it brief, make it concise, but make it you know as as long as you need to tell them who you are as an artist because you're basically selling them this pitch of like, hey, here I am, here's a song, but then also here's me, like here's my brand, here is who you're gonna work with, and um, based off that, you know, I mean, we we read and review every single submission we get. I think a lot of labels do. Maybe not once you get to the to the top, you know, the big guys, they have like these submission forms where you have to pay 10 bucks just to even like have them review it, which I think is bullshit. I mean, at that point, I guess, you know, they don't really need any more artists because they you know, if you if you have like a marshmallow on your team, you don't need to really be bringing on these new guys as
0: often. Usually at that point, too, if you sign a track to those labels, you need to be connected to the label like you need to know. Marshmallows management team or agency and they will connect you with let's say spinning you know most of the time they don't pick up new artists when they do pick up new artists it's usually because that artist is in connection with a bigger one who has signed to the label or they're connected with the agent or manager
1: that's why also it's good to send music to artists um so like i i have a, a promo list of like DJs that are um, affluent in the community. And I always send them my unreleased tracks because you never know what could happen. You send them a track and they'll be like, this is dope. Do you want to release this on my label? Or like, this is dope. Do you want to release this on this label? You just have to set yourself up for success. And we're kind of at an age where quality is the, um, is the standard quality has to be there no matter what. It's kind of like the whole, you get your degree from school. But it doesn't get it doesn't guarantee you a job, but it's a it's a minimum standard now. You know, you kind of have to have something to get into like the technical world. Um, same thing with this. You don't need to have like this refined artist image to get onto a label,
0: but you do have to have the standard of this is who I am like, I, I, you know, I've... you have to have a message, a unique selling point, which is, uh, you know, in business, it's called a USP, a unique selling point um, or a unique selling position. And it's, it's all about the message. And, you know, you don't, like we were saying, it is important to have this branding set up, um, but you doesn't need to be complete. You don't need to be the full package, but if you have a unique selling point or a message, make that clear and concise because that's what's really going to get you sold. Do you have anything else you wanted to, any like closing statements or anything? Anything you want to plug?
1: Um... Uh, Yeah, I mean, well, I just want to say thanks again for having me here. This has been super great. I look forward to to seeing like the final product at the end of it all. But no, I mean, really in terms of like, uh, you know, for emerging artists and getting onto record labels, you just have to really do your research, find a big list of labels. Um, You know, to my point a, a few minutes ago, quality is important. You have to have that standard, but quantity is also important nowadays because there's such a saturation. You do kind of have to be in a lot of places which means submitting your music to a hundred, 200 record labels. It's kind of, it's difficult that you have to do that nowadays, but it's the standard and there's the benefit of the fact that you do have so many labels out there that you can pitch to, but it just requires more legwork now to actually Mm -hmm. send them the music. So quality is important, but quantity is also, uh, you know, like a a fail proof way to get your music out there because I've always believed in the ratio of like one to 10 for every 10 people you reach out to, one will respond. So if you do the math, reach out to 100 labels, 10 of them will respond and you have 10 labels to choose from. And one of them could be really just exceptionally great. You know, you never know what you're going to get. So I would say for artists, um, you know, just put yourself out there, continue to send all those emails, send all those messages, take the time to think about your brand, take the time to think about who you are. Don't overthink it. Just get to a point where you're comfortable, where you feel like this is something you don't have to force yourself to to create where it feels natural to you. And then just keep making good music. You know, the the in my opinion, the mixing, the mastering, the technical stuff can come. You know, there are people that can mm-hmm. do that. What what's important though is that you are unique and you create unique music. Um yeah. in 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 something that like music that you can tell is about who you are. You know, I I use Reddit a lot, and I'm on a lot of, like, subreddits, and I I look at those, like, feedback threads where people are posting their songs and commenting feedback on others. I listen to some of them, and, you know, obviously the production isn't always that great, but, like, a lot of it just sounds so similar. You know, it's all just, like, catchy, you know, a simple little melody. Like, they try to get over-technical with the melody stuff, and obviously the mix isn't that great, but, like, there's no... It just feels like everyone's just trying to put put stuff out and they're not really like thinking about how they can make this unique to them, like what they really right. like. They're trying to appease the standard of commercial music, whereas, you know, real emerging artists and real talented artists are just going to do whatever feels best to them without this, like they have to meet the standard. So I'd say just be yourself, continue making music, continue sending it out there and, you know, give it time. I mean, these things do take time. Like you were saying, the, the overnight success really has eight years behind them, you know, of, of continuous effort. So, um, another thing too, I would say get out in the community. That's a big one. Um, I got my foot in the industry because I got an internship at a club and I was around, you know, DJs and eventually started working with touring DJs. And that's how I got to where I am now, where I work with Skrillex and stuff. So like just getting your foot out there. It may be difficult, but, you know, find groups in your area that you can be a part of. Even just go by yourself. I mean, I started going to the clubs by myself and I was kind of that creeper that was just biased by himself. Yep. They're like, who are you with? I'm like, oh, nobody. I'm just like hanging out at the club, listening oh, to yeah. music. So. Like there are people that do that, you know, and I did it and I'm sure, you know, you may do it and other people that are listening may do it. Like just keep doing that. Keep talking to people, um, find a way to work in the industry. Um, if you have music, uh, and you want to submit to Storytime, you can definitely send it over to us, um, storytimemusic.com, um, or any of our social media, just direct message. Um, I think we actually have email addresses in our social links as well. So send us your music. We'll check it out. And, you know, um, we look forward to uh, to working with you.
0: Do you want to plug your artist as well? Your artist, social media accounts and all that? Yeah, sure. Uh, Loesch is the
1: DJ name, uh, producer name. Uh, it's all at Loesch Music, L-O-S-H Music. That's all my social media is like that. Consistency is important, too. Um, yeah. So, yeah, check it out. I, um, I actually played at parody. So this past year on this on this art car that we brought and I have like my set on SoundCloud. It's super fun. Um, I have a couple more shows coming up. I'm going to be in uh, Indiana. I'm going to be in Maui, Los Angeles, uh, Pemberton, Canada. And then I think we're putting in something for Denver as well. So I'll be be around. um, And then I have a couple. I have a release coming out next week through Storytime, the label. It's uh, kind of a creative, like minimal house kind of beat that I filmed a music video for, which will also come out next week. And then, uh, yeah. And then I'm also, I, I have a newsletter for my music stuff. So if anybody wants to get on that, um, the links are all on my social media. So just check it out. I send out like free, um, artists like to send me their music, like top Mm -hmm. artists will like send me their promo emails. So like I have a lot of unreleased music from artists and I send that out through my newsletter. So
0: Hell yeah. Sweet. Thank you so much Alex. I appreciate you taking the time. I'm super excited to see what you're doing as a producer and what the record label's doing. Um I'm sure I've I've got some artists that I want to send your way that I think will be a good uh good fit for storytime music. So we'll definitely stay connected and um yeah, I appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, man. All right, take care. Well, that's it for this episode, you guys. I really hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. Storytime is coming out with some awesome music. I highly recommend you guys go and check them out. Add all their tracks to your Spotify playlist. And hell, if you've got some tracks you'd like to submit, go for it. As always, head to EnviousAudio.com podcast to check out the show notes. I'll have all of the links for Storytime and Loche up on that for you guys to check out. If you enjoyed this episode and you got anything out of it, I would really appreciate it if you went over to Apple Podcasts and gave the show a review. Obviously, subscribe to the show, share it with your friends, and send me an email, podcast at nbsaudio.com. If there's any guests you'd like me to have on, let me know. If there's any topics you'd like me to cover, also let me know because I'm here for you guys. I want to help you guys grow and learn and become full-time producers. I'll see you guys in two weeks. Take care.